All right, boys and girls, guess who's officially back? That's right, you're listening to Affiliate Journey, and I'm your host, Miodrag Milenkovic. Well, everyone, we had quite a break. I think it was around three or four weeks. I think it was four weeks, actually. And it kind of came unplanned. I wanted to do a lot of things uh, in those three or four weeks. However, <laughs> I didn't. A full transparency here. Uh... I took a lot of time off again, and I was not as diligent as I would like to be. Also, I was thinking of whether right after the break we should start with like season 2 of Affiliate Journey, or we should wait for the episode 100. And I decided to wait for the episode 100, that's when officially we are starting the season 2. And it gets me really excited. Uh, We'll see how it goes, I have some big plans. And yeah, uh, I'm curious, how have you been? Did you miss me? Uh, Let me know in the... Where can you let me know? I guess on Facebook, that's where I'm the most active. Or you can just leave me a review, right? And tell me you missed me and tell me how much you got value from this show, right? Uh, And for those of you who are actually first-time listeners, just in short, uh, I'm releasing new interviews every Friday on the show and I'm interviewing mostly six, seven and eight figure earners, affiliate marketers, marketers and online entrepreneurs, uh, trying to dive deep into their like mindset strategies, uh, tactics that they use to get where they are on their journey and sharing those information openly with you so that you can implement them on your own journey. Uh, On top of that, every Tuesday, I'm actually releasing solo content where I share my own journey, my own mindset, my own struggles, wins, uh, strategies, and all of those good stuff. Uh, So yeah, if that's something that interests you, I would definitely invite you to subscribe, not to miss any of the awesome episodes I got prepared for you and I will be making for you. And uh, again, leave us a review. It helps the show grow and I will probably be doing more and more giveaways. So yeah, a lot of fun stuff. Other than that, uh, what can I say? Today's guest is a mindset expert. I've known her for almost a year, I would say around 10 months, and she's super amazing. So we dove into some really interesting stuff, uh, some of which are actually even bigger interest of mine than affiliate marketing. And interestingly, that's a lot of use of the word interest right (laughs) so uh interestingly enough uh those things that we covered are not only necessary for your business business success uh but for your success overall in any area of life be it your health your your relationships uh whatever it is you you get a point so we covered all of that her name is colleen sodano she is just an amazing human being uh, I want you to pay close attention, maybe even listen to it twice if you need to. Also, if you know anyone that struggles with the mindset issues that, with their business, uh, you can feel free to share this episode with them because I think it will be tremendously helpful. Other than that, uh, as always, you can join Affiliate Marketing Elite, which is like the free Facebook group that I'm running. Uh, you can find it at affiliatejourney.co slash Colleen, which is the show notes of this episode, or 
You can find it at affiliatejourney.co slash mirjack. Obviously, you can just go on Facebook and type in uh, Affiliate Marketing Elite. You will see the group over there. Other than that, uh, what else is new? I know I'm taking a bit of your time. We are four minutes in already. Uh, if you want to dive straight into the episode, go ahead. Uh, I just want to quickly share what I have prepared. Prepared. Well, one of the things I have prepared, uh, which is I will be ra- launching Inner Circle Membership Private Community Group uh, to help affiliates who cannot currently afford to pay four figures uh, for mastermind programs, which I can't recommend enough. I think that's the fastest way to get any results online. But I realized that not everyone lives in the US, UK, Australia and other tier one countries. Again, this can be an excuse, but it can legitimately take you maybe a few months to get some like four figures to pay for the mastermind. So if you're in such a situation or if you have followed my work for any amount of time and you love my content and you want to learn more about marketing, about how to achieve like one, two, three, thousand dollars in a day how to hit your first 10k with affiliate marketing and other cool stuff uh i would invite you to join us like again i don't want it priced at three four thousand dollars it's not gonna be even three figures that's right so it won't be 997 it won't even be 497 okay so how much it will be well the current price i have on mind is only 47 bucks a month that's it 47 bucks a month and you get access to it now what will be contained uh i will share more about it both on the podcast and on my facebook uh i will not take any more of your time we are six minutes in and i want you to enjoy this episode just wanted to wanted you to have this in mind uh if you are not part of some mastermind community or if you want to improve yourself even if you are like i'm already part of two uh even if you are part of the mastermind community i think this can be tremendously helpful for very little amount of money anyways without further ado i hope you will enjoy the episode Welcome back. You're listening to Affiliate Journey, and I'm your host, Miodrag Milenkovic. Today, we have some of a different guest. We didn't have a lot of like mindset experts, and this person is definitely one. Uh, we often like battle in the strategy and tactic battlefields, which are important. But funny thing is, unless we got our minds taken care of, and even deeper than that, like our beliefs and all of the other stuff, we we will struggle. Uh, so I've known her for quite a long time. Uh, she was one of the first interviews inside my Facebook group. And it's an absolute pre- pleasure to bring her on the podcast as well. So please help me in welcoming Colleen Sodano. Hey, Colleen. Nice having you Hi. here. Hi, thanks very much for having me on. I'm really um, excited to be here today. As am I. <laughs> it's, it's nice having you, definitely. Uh, I'm a big fan of your work and we worked before a bit, like you helped me with some stuff. So 
let's let's talk about it with people but before that for those of you who do not know you and what you do like could you introduce yourself tell us a bit more about your background and what are you doing now yeah so um my first career uh was actually in electrical design engineering so i did that for a very long time and I kind of, although I enjoyed the job, it didn't feel very uh, fulfilling to me. I didn't feel that it was sort of my purpose. And I really had a big uh, drive to sort of be of help, to be of service, to do something in that way. I always really enjoyed psychology. And so it seemed like it was a good match to go and do something in sort of therapy or coaching or something like that. And so I first retrained um, to be a clinical hypnotherapist. I did training in that and I got a postgraduate qualification as a clinical hypnotherapist. And then I felt I needed something more. And so I looked into doing coaching and psychotherapy. And so I then went and did a psychotherapy training. um, And so I'm also a qualified psychotherapist. Um, And I've been doing that since about uh, 2013. Um, So... And I set up in private practice and I did that. Um, And that's been great and I've really enjoyed it. But the last couple of years, I've now moved more into coaching entrepreneurs, coaching people within the business world with mindset issues. Um, So, yeah, so that's where I am now. um, And that's what I'm doing. Yeah, those are like the fun stuff. As you know, I think we spoke before. This is like... Even my bigger passion than marketing and especially like affiliate marketing. So I really love the mindset stuff, psychology, all the things that actually drive us and that we are often unaware of. So let's dive into that because our, okay, (laughs) people listening are not average, but let's say average listener listening usually is not aware of the battle inside their head and inside their mind and between like their conscious and subconscious mind. And oftentimes I feel like whatever goal we have and we are pursuing, but we are not getting, uh, it's usually like our subconscious is trying to keep us safe. So what have you come across, like whether it's offline or online, like what are some of the common things that online or offline entrepreneurs stumble upon and what gets them stuck like how do and how do i guess i'm throwing a lot of questions how do they realize that they are actually stuck that it's mindset issue and not like strategy or tactic issue or whatever um so i think the first thing that you know uh that it's potentially a mindset issue is if you have been trying really hard to achieve something you've tried different strategies you've been grinding away and you feel really frustrated because it's not lack of effort it's not lack of motivation or trying you're working hard it's not as if you don't work hard um you've been doing all the things that the right things um then more than likely there is a internal issue and it's coming from inside and so you know, we never outperform our inner identity. That's the thing. And so quite often you might even have achieved some success, but then you can't get past a certain point. And then that ends up being really frustrating for you. Um, and it's more than likely because your inner identity is saying that's all you can do. 
you know, so you don't outperform that inner identity. Whatever you hold in your core program, that unconscious identity that you hold about yourself, which has been programmed from early experiences in life, um, which become our sort of root patterns, then, you know, that's, um, that's our level. And so we have to then work on our inner identity, you know, you know, the strategy, um, trying different things, you know, it's never going to pay off unless you actually do the work there. And so really that's somewhere that someone needs to look if they are experiencing a lot of frustration. I think Jim Rohn said, and I'm going to paraphrase probably, but he said that our personal finance uh, almost never surpass our personal development. And I think it kind of like resonates with what you, you just said. And I, I really believe that working first on our inner selves and changing ourselves is mm-hmm. super crucial to achieving anything. Now, you brought up really important point. It's like uh, our inner identity. So how do we get aware of what is it? What, how do we actually identify ourselves? And if it's that that's keeping us stuck, and if it is, like, how do we elevate it? How do we change it? Yeah, so usually it's um, it's about finding feelings. Like, you know, sometimes we're not aware of it, and it's just, and we need to become very aware of our patterns. And so are there certain feelings that keep on re- occurring for you, you know, in a situation that happens do you always have the feeling of oh what's the point or you know I'm not you know why even try because I'm probably not going to pull this off you know how do you talk to yourself what when things happen when things go wrong what do you say to yourself oh this is is this this is typical to happen to me you know so it's becoming aware of that self-talk these patterns develop from something Basically, it's, it, it, it comes from a crisis, a moment of crisis when you are a child. These are, this is that deep programming. It's not sort of like, the, yes, you will have things later in life that go wrong and it's going to affect you. But I'm talking about these root patterns of thinking and thought. Like sometimes if we're honest with ourselves, we have these feelings of, I'm never going to succeed no one's ever going to love me. We have these feelings sometimes that recur, you know, like that happen inside of us. And we know logically, of course, we're going to be loved. Of course, we count. Of course, we're important. But nonetheless, sometimes we have these feelings that come up for us. And so where they come from is a moment of crisis when you're a child. It doesn't have to even be that dramatic. It doesn't have to be a major, major trauma. It can be something that seems from the adult mind almost quite silly, but when you're seven or eight, it could have a huge impact on you. And so in that moment of crisis, we feel powerless and we have these, you know, it's a moment of crisis where perhaps we've been punished, perhaps we've been uh, ridiculed, perhaps we feel fear, perhaps we've been shouted at, perhaps there is emotional abuse. And in that moment, we feel quite helpless. And our brain sort of within that moment creates a story around the experience and that's when we form these beliefs of no one's going to love me uh i'm i don't count i'm not important um these type of things obviously will be unique to you but that's where we start getting these ideas and then what happens is because we feel helpless helplessness and that moment of 
helplessness is really part of the freeze part of the fight, flight and freeze. And so we tend to sort of almost suppress the emotions. We don't express them. And so they stay within us. And what happens is we repeat the pattern because ultimately the emotions are looking for completion to be expressed. And so we repeat similar patterns in order for us, hopefully, to repeat, to to complete the emotional expression. Um, And so we end up then when anything similar occurs, doesn't have to be exactly the same thing because our brain is a pattern matching organ. And so it's when something similar occurs, where there's similar stuff, then basically the same emotions get triggered. So I'll give you an example. If say you were at school and you stood up to present your oral that you were going to do for English or whatever, your whatever geography presentation, whatever it may be, and the class sort of sniggered and laughed at you. And, and, and in that moment, you felt panic, you felt, you felt uh, helpless, um, and you told this little story about yourself. It could then create every single time you stand up to speak in front of people, to present in front of people later in life, these same feelings come up. I can't do this. I'm useless. I can't. It, because it's a similar pattern. And so that's what our brain does. It hooks on. We don't necessarily, we're not necessarily conscious of this pattern that's happening, but usually there's a, there's a, a, um, a root incident, a, a root experience that would have created then this further pattern. It's interesting that you mentioned like powerlessness because that's, I, I found that that's one of like my main, I guess maybe root patterns. It's something I avoid feeling at all costs. And it, it usually gets covered with like uh, anger followed by frustration. So I feel frustrated. But when I dig into it, like why do I feel frustrated? I come to the anger that I don't know how to express well. And then underneath, it's usually like I just feel powerless. And another thing that I found, and I think funnily enough and ironically, it's what got me into online entrepreneurship and trying to achieve something and it's like this feeling of control like kind of the opposite of this like oh i actually want to have control of my life and if i don't i feel powerless so i don't want to work at the job i don't want to do this i want to have like control of my income my life to do whatever i want it's kind of like always correlated and uh i guess what are some of the tools i know one of like based on what you 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 told us one of the tools that helped me in awareness was like mindfulness practice just meditation every morning do you have some recommendations for people listening like how do they become aware of these emotions uh, negative patterns lim- limiting like thoughts negative self talk and all of those stuff yeah well i mean it's just starting to watch yourself and so it's starting to notice how you feel in certain situations also start to notice um what your behavior is afterwards and so if something if you start to notice that every time say for instance you're on instagram and you on it and actually afterwards while you on it or afterwards you feel a bit deflated you know because instagram can cause quite a bit of (laughs) self-hatred you know in a person because they feel that you know they're not measuring up to this really you know, false world that's out there, you know, it's not real. Um, but somehow we compare ourselves to this very unreal thing. And sometimes we can end up feeling 
deflated about ourselves. You know, does that, what does that make you do that feeling? Do you immediately after getting off scrolling on Instagram, do you immediately, I don't know, grab a pack, a packet of crisps or eat, or do perhaps you, you know, there's some behavior that you do as well. Cause often that's also linked. We have the feeling, we have the thoughts, and then we have the behavior, like perhaps you procrastinate then all afternoon afterwards, you don't do your work, you're not focused, you're procrastinating. Perhaps you think, oh, I'll just quickly binge watch this thing on Netflix instead of doing whatever, because you, you, it's changed your inner state of how you feel about yourself. And so that then affects what you're doing. And so it's very much getting aware of how are you being. So it's like, you can read all the self-help books in the world. You can read all the get rich books in the world. And if they worked, you know, because they've got the instructions there, we'd all be wealthy and we'd all be, you know, amazingly, you know, mentally well and everything, you know, self-help, you know, amazing. Um, But we aren't. And that's because it's not about the doing. Sometimes we know what to do. We consciously know I need to follow these steps. I know what to do that is going to be good for us. But you only as good as your doing is only as good as your being. So who are you being? Are you being, you know, and that comes down to that inner identity again. And so it's starting to be to, to become very mindful of your feelings. Watch for them. I, you know, as you are experiencing your day, how do you feel? Just take notes after your conversation with someone, after your interview with someone, after you've scrolled on Facebook, how are you feeling? You know, it's just taking those time out to do that. Um, but another thing that people can do is often what we are, what we are, you know, as we go through our day, we can become quite stressed. Um, things can stress us out. And what we don't do is just take moments to, to just calm ourselves down. And basically, it sounds like a very simple technique, but it works very well. And it's called 7-Eleven breathing. And so what happens when we are stressed or when we are very highly emotional, and that doesn't just mean negative emotions, it can be positive ones too. Like, you know, when we overexcited about something, we can actually make some really bad decisions. You know, we can end up buying crazy things. Yeah, you know? book on things we don't really want to book on because we got drawn into the high emotions of it all. And so when the idea is, is that we need to keep clarity of mind. And so when we are highly emotional and when we are stressed, basically our neocortex or our prefrontal cortex, which is the most, which is the newest or latest evolved part of our brain. It's where all our thinking and logic and our analytical um, thoughts are coming from. It's where we, we sort of tend to think we are just the conscious. It's where our thoughts are. But of course, two thirds of our brain is totally unconscious. And so what happens is when we get stressed and highly emotional, that all comes from the unconscious part of our brain. That's where it's generated from. And so what it does is it actually sends up inhibitory signals to our thinking brain, to our neocortex, because our physiology actually hasn't changed very much since we were hunting and gathering. Our world has changed, uh, but it hasn't changed since we were still fighting predators. And so this mechanism is still in place that if 
you are stressed or if you are highly emotional, um, then your fight or flight and your, the stress response gets triggered. And it's not time for analytical thoughts. It's not time for, was that the wind in the bush or is that a predator? You'd be dead. You have to be taking action very, very fast. And so your actual neocortex, your thinking brain slightly shuts down. So your your primitive brain takes over and it becomes very black and white. It's all or nothing thinking. You know, your day was brilliant or it was terrible because, you know, one thing went wrong. So the whole day was ruined. That's very black and white type of thinking. You're not really using parts of your rational mind. Um, and so what this 7-Eleven breathing does, it allows your neocortex to come back online so you can think more rationally and more clearly. So if you've got a very important decision to make, or you've had an argument with someone, or you're feeling stressed, if you just take a few moments to do this little technique, it will bring your neocortex back online so you can regain clarity. It also um, brings, because we've got two systems, we've got the parasympathetic nervous system, and we've got the sympathetic nervous system. And so you want the um, parasympathetic nervous system to be online for the relaxation response. So basically this helps the relaxation response to come back and your thinking brain to come back online. So the technique is what you do is you breathe in for the count of seven slowly and you take it all the way down into your tummy, into your um, abdomen as low as you possibly can. Um, so you really sort of feel the lower part of your stomach rising and falling because quite often we tend to breathe too shallow into our chest anyway. And so you take it down into the abdomen for the count of seven, and then you breathe out slowly for the count of 11. And so the out breath um, activates your body's parasympathetic nervous system, which is the relaxation response, which is also telling your brain, it's okay, you're safe the neocortis can come back online, you start to think more clearly. And so if you had to do that periodically through the day, every sort of, you know, I don't know, an hour, 90 minutes, just take, I don't know, a minute, 60 seconds, maybe 90 seconds, and just do some 7-Eleven breathing, you will find that your mind will be a lot clearer all day long. You'll find that you are less reactive and you are far more able to respond in ways that you want to respond because you're not functioning from the emotional brain. You're not functioning as much from that primitive brain. Your neocortex is fully online and fully engaged. Yeah, I can definitely watch for breathing. It's one of the things <laughs> I, I paid a lot of attention to in the last like year and a half probably. I never done 7-Eleven exactly. I've done some diaphragm breathing. I've done like four seconds in, seven hold, eight out, four hold in circles. I've done box breathing. I've done beam hole breathing. But uh, I think like it's similar effect. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, there's many different breathing techniques. You know, ultimately the Wim Hof breathing is very different because you're yeah, creating. I yeah, I mean, that's a very different thing altogether so you're going to achieve a different result from doing Wim Hof but if you uh but some of the other things that you were saying about the four in four you know they're going to create quite a similar similar outcome but it's all about slowing the breath down bringing it in but also why the 7-eleven is quite good 
is because the out breath is longer. So it doesn't really matter that it's 7-Eleven. It's about the ratio. So you, your out breath is longer than your in breath because that is then also stimulating and activating the relaxation response much more um, because it's longer. And so there's various ways of doing it. But um, yeah, even just if you just took a few minutes to just do some deep breathings and you didn't count, you know, um, I don't think it can be underestimated and people sort of like um, go, oh, don't tell me to breathe, you know, but actually it really is quite powerful, exactly. uh, especially if used regularly. Uh, I think Buddhist monks are taught how to breathe from the age of four. That's like how important they feel it is. And we are never taught, I'm generalizing, but I was never taught like or taught how to breathe or the importance of breathing of, or the awareness about it or anything similar. So yeah. I'm, I'm really big on breathing now as well. I love the yeah. exercise that you gave us. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, we tend to overbreathe generally. You know, everybody's walking around. If you're slightly anxious, you overbreathing. You might not be panic attack overbreathing, but you overbreathing. Um, and you know, that also sort of messes the ratio of your, you know, carbon dioxide to oxygen in your blood. And then sometimes you feel a bit shaky because you actually you're you're not able to use the oxygen in your bloodstream enough. So anyway, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh Okay, let's let's use me as a guinea pig because yeah. I feel I'm not the only one. Like as you mentioned, we go through a lot of like emotional stuff throughout our day. And as you were talking about some of the things, uh, one of the major one is procrastination. Then certain feeling that it comes up. And let's use myself for as an example because I think a lot of people can correlate with this. So one of the main feelings or or emotions i think it's a feeling i think it's an emotion actually guilt yeah. is an emotion right yeah uh so i usually i don't know i have like to-do list and we spoke about this before we recorded whatever it is for this day and i know i can get it done in a short amount of time and then what happens is i i don't know open facebook start scrolling start start being much more reactive instead of proactive, then I'm kind of like also ADD. So I tend to like open 15 tabs on Chrome and I open Instagram and I open like uh, Viber and I open like 20 different things and my brain is just jumping. Bam, 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 bam. And the result is I don't get the thing done, at least not at a time that I want to. And it usually spikes this feeling, this constant feeling that I'm having or emotion of guilt. Like, hey, I know I could do better and it hurts me. It's kind of like, you could have done this better. You could have finished this and you didn't. You you said you wrote in the journal that you will do this task and you didn't. And every time I would plan like, okay, I'll, I'll do it better tomorrow or next Monday or on the first of the month. It's kind of like someone when they're delaying the going to the gym, it's something mm -hmm. like that. Like, oh, I'll actually take care of this. And whenever it would come time to take care of that, I kind of like procrastinate. So for people who are also in maybe that procrastination mode, maybe as well with guilt, like myself, like what would you recommend they do? Yeah, so I mean, procrastination uh, in itself is often a way to relieve stress. You know, it's to relieve a greater stress. 
Um, and so that's why we do it is um, because actually there is other stresses in your life. And so we take those moments and it's counter, it's, it's counterproductive because of course it ends up making us feel more stressed, but we do it in that moment because it relieves stress temporarily just for those moments, but it actually creates more in the long run. But it's, so it's a, it's like a quick fix, you know? <laughs> um, but the guilt as well is, you know, that is, guilt is really about being quite harsh on ourselves in the judgment, you know? So it, it's how you talk to yourself. Usually with guilt, there's always a should involved. I should have done this. I should be doing that. We, we speak to ourselves with shoulds and should, should is the most critical word that we could be using. I would suggest people remove it from their vocabulary because it's full of self-criticism, self-judgment, and you constantly feeling like you are under the delivering and failing in some way, you know, or thinking, you know, other people using shoulds on us, you know, maybe a parent saying, you should go study this, you know, it's very judgmental, critical, critical word. And so, you know, it's learning to speak to yourself in a different way. And so, you know, the guilt comes because of that dialogue, probably, because you're saying I should have, why, you know, why didn't I should have done this, but what it also does, and it will create more stress is because speaking to yourself in that way, that, that critical judgmental way where you constantly then having that feeling of failure because you didn't do what you should have done, um, then actually triggers the stress response. So you then got all this cortisol and stress response going in your body as well. And so it becomes then a, a, a chemical thing in your body, you know, too. And so it's learning to speak to yourself in a less critical way, and then you won't feel so guilty. You know, it's removing words like should. Um, but at the same time, it's addressing the procrastination. You need to address it at root so that you don't end up procrastinating in the first place. So you can't end up speaking to yourself in a judgmental, harsh way. So, so sorry. So the cycle, you know, doesn't start. And so the procrastination, as I say, is a, is a to relieve stress. And so it's also looking at what else you have in your life that's going on that's very stressful and what you can do to help yourself manage and cope with stress. Um, and so, you know, there's various things that you can do. I mean, things like uh, obviously doing the little 7-Eleven breathing throughout the day is going to help you manage feeling stressed as well. Um, but also at the same time, procrastination has another element to it. And it's the element of um, sabotage, you know, it's, it's procrastination can be a way of sabotaging your efforts. And it all comes back down to this whole thing about inner identity. So if you are saying, I'm going to smash this day, I'm going to do this and everything, but your inner identity is saying, you never complete anything. You never really finish stuff. You always say you're going to do stuff, but you can't be counted on. You always, you always let us down, meaning me and your inner, yourself and your inner identity. Then 
what's going to happen is you're going to find ways to um, to basically to prove that point. So you're going to find ways to make that point true. And then you're going to create all sorts of obstacles for yourself subconsciously. You're not thinking, ah, right, I'm going to self-sabotage myself here and do this. It happens automatically. You create these obstacles. You're the one who's creating the obstacles. You're the one who's creating the procrastination, nobody else. But it's been driven by this internal identity that's going, no, you're not, you're not going to do that. You always, you always screw up the day. Look, you're going to screw up again. I'll, I'll prove it to you. You know, and so it's removing it at that point. Um, and so you don't then have that horrible self-dialogue with yourself about the shoulds or whatever, because you're not procrastinating in the first place. So really it comes down to once again, working with your core identity. And yes, there might be stresses. That is another thing to look at and to look at what is stressing you out in life. But most of the time it is that you're not achieving what you want to achieve. And that is stressing you. And so it's like, um, it's all, it's all sort of like woven in with each other. But ultimately, if you take it down to the real nitty gritty of what it is about, it's what you're holding inside about yourself, your self-worth, your self-identity, your self-esteem, that story that keeps on playing in a really unconscious way, subconscious story about yourself. Okay, I think a lot of listeners are now, whatever their example is, I think they're thinking to themselves, I know I'm thinking like, what are the like internal stories that I believe? What are the values I hold that I'm unaware of? So whether they're procrastinating, maybe they're anxious because also part of me throughout the day is feeling that I'm like, I think as soon as I open my eyes, I feel like, anxious and I, I always think about oh the next thing I need to get done and the next thing and the next thing and it's throughout the entire day and it kind of goes hand in hand as I don't do some of the things and then I feel like the guilt and I procrastinate and I'm anxious about the, the next thing and it's kind of like ridiculous mix all over the place so whatever the you know the inner emotions or feelings or struggles that people are having throughout the day what would you recommend, like, let's get to the meat. How do we, uh, I know it maybe not, it probably can't be answered like in, I don't know, 10 minutes, but how do we address like this inner identity? How do we change it? How do we improve it? And how do we find out like changing that self-worth or like thereof and make make subconscious actually work for us instead of yes. like against us yeah so it is does come down to changing your programming because obviously this has been programmed and conditioned into you and so what we need to do is go down into that unconscious part and scramble the patterns in your brain that it's pattern matching to um as i say you know you can see this very clearly how it works with the phobia you know you can say rationally you got a phobia of water. Oh, this is silly. It'll be, I'll be perfectly fine if I go to the swimming pool and just put my feet in. I'm not going to drown. I'll be fine. And you have that talk to yourself and then you get there and you freak out because it's not rational. It's not coming from the rational part of your brain. It's coming from all information, every bit of information you're experiencing. Always go to the unconscious first. 
to sort of assess if there's any danger. And if they think there's danger, it will fire off the fight and flight. And then it goes up to your neocortex for detailed analysis. By then you're reacting or responding or procrastinating or doing whatever you're doing. So what we need to do is get into the unconscious and find the pattern and scramble it there. So there's very various ways that you can do that. And the way you find your root pattern, because we'll have several, is to follow the emotions. And this, once again, sounds like almost too simple, okay? But it, it's, it's not. It, it works. You can find all sorts of things. And so what you do is if you have a feeling, like to find your root pattern, it's a feeling you've always felt. It's been with you your whole life, underlying there. You've always had this feeling. It may be a feeling of, I never fit in. I don't feel like I belong. There's a feeling that we carry sometimes in life. We've all experienced it. For me, one of my root patterns, which thankfully I've dealt with, was what's the point? You know, anything would happen. Other people would try and get involved with, you know, there'd be something that people want to do and then looking for someone. And as soon as other people would get involved, I'd go, what's the point? I'll never get chosen. I wouldn't even try. I had this root pattern that came from somewhere. And the way you find it is to sit with the feeling, close your eyes for a moment and just, you know, you sit with the feeling, allow it to be there because most of the time what we're trying to do is push it away. We're suppressing it. And so we're not allowing it to be expressed because emotion is really just energy which wants to be expressed, wants to, it wants to be completed, you know, like if you think of it like an emotion, like an electrical circus, it wants to be finished at once completion. And so we, most of the time we're trying to run away from those feelings and not sit with them because they're uncomfortable and sometimes they're horrible, but it's sitting with the feeling and sort of remembering the last time you felt like that to have the memory in your mind and sit with it and try and sort of like almost relive it as if you're there and then go back to another memory. So maybe an earlier memory, maybe it was from two weeks ago, maybe it was from a year ago and go back to that memory and sit with the feeling again and really explore the feeling. Feel how it feels in your body. Where is it? Does it show up in your chest? Does your chest get tight? Do you get tingling hands? Does your head start to throb a bit? Where is it? Really get curious about the feeling. And then go to another memory. Go to a third memory, an earlier one. Maybe it goes all the way back to when you were a teenager, you know, because there's a pattern with this feeling. You've always felt it. It's always happened in certain situations. Then as you're sitting with that feeling, now you want sort of like an earlier memory, sit with it and say, okay, I want to find the source of this. Have the intention. Show me the source. Give me the source of this feeling. And don't try to find it because what you think it is is probably not right. Don't think, oh, I know what this feeling comes from. or was that experience when I was shocked. Maybe you're right. Nine out of ten is you're wrong. Often it's something completely different and just sit with it and just allow whatever comes into your mind to come into your mind whatever memories float in just just all you need to do is sit with the feeling and have the intention of finding the source after doing the three memories first and most of the time something will come up and that will be the root that will be the first experience and I know it sounds a bit sort of woo-woo it sounds a bit crazy but it's 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 not it really does work and then there's ways of dealing with it once you're aware of where it comes from. So I'll tell you mine, um, where mine came from. 
this feeling of like, say for instance, like I'll give you an example, like I'm going back some years because I have dealt with it a while ago is like, say something happened and people put something on Facebook and it was like, could anybody help me with this? I need some of that. Oh, I can do that. I can help. I'll, I'll put, I'll put myself forward to this person. Then other people started saying, Oh, I can do it. I'd go, there's no point, no point in me trying. I won't get chosen. I, there's no point in me even attempting and I'd bar out of it. As soon as there were other people against me, I'd go, I don't stand a chance. I'm never going to get chosen. Even silly things like if I was going to like have lunch with friends and there were four of us and I say, Oh, I'll host the lunch. You can come to my house. I'll do it. And someone else said, no, no, I'll do it. I'd go, oh, okay, fine. You do it because I can't compete. If the, you know, it's like all this thing. It was a pattern that showed up in many, many aspects of my life when it came to, as soon as there were other people involved, I would feel like I couldn't. And then a lot of the time I was almost sort of like when I was trying to do stuff, I wasn't putting my whole effort into it because I wasn't, I didn't feel at times like I was important enough or I counted enough. So there were these two underlying feelings and this is where it comes down to. And it seems like the most ridiculous thing, but to a seven-year-old in that moment of crisis, when you're feeling rejected and you're feeling hopeless this is the story that were created in my head I don't count and it was you know at school when you are doing PE and you do gym class that's what I'm saying it doesn't have to be a major trauma like you were abused or anything although you know that has its own issues of course um and they say okay you two stand up and choose the team choose your teams and the people stand up and they they're allowed to choose out of the class oh i'll take her i'll take her i'll take her and then it whittles down and whittles down to the least sporty people i would be the last person on that bench always and i mean obviously it happened when i was 7 years old and to the degree that one time it happened they even chose the girl with the broken arm over me i mean you know, I mean, it was, it was bad. And you can laugh about it now because it does seem, from an adult brain, it seems so silly and it seems so like, get over it already, you know. But when I was seven, I created this story that locked in. It was the start of a pattern of, I don't count. I'm not going to get chosen. What's the point of me trying? I never get chosen. It was a pattern that continued through my life where anything, where I was competing or trying to be chosen or trying to put myself forward, there's no point. And even during the game, what's the point in trying? Because I'm useless, clearly. There's no point in me trying. I don't really count in this game. So even when I was involved in stuff and I carried out in every aspect of my life, not just sports, of course, because it's the pattern match. It's the pattern match to a similar thing of being chosen, anything to do with being chosen and it reared its head. And so this is what it came down to. And so I was able to process it and deal with it. Sometimes all you need is to become conscious of it. And that's enough. Even though I, there was that pattern in my life, I never saw it as a pattern for a long, long time. I didn't realize that that's what was happening. And I certainly didn't associate it to me on a bench when I was seven years old and not being chosen for a, a game of rounders, you know? Yeah, and I love this exercise. Do, do you recommend people doing it throughout the day when they experience the underlying feeling or should they like, I don't know, sit with it in the morning or in the evening and intentionally try to kind of like evoke it and go through it and go through the 
for the exercise? Yeah, so I would say, you know, firstly, you need to become aware of your feel of the feelings. And so, you know, maybe it's, you know, you watch yourself for a week, you watch yourself for a couple of weeks, start to notice, oh, isn't that funny? When that happened on Facebook, I had this emotion, then you notice something else and you start to see that, oh, there's a similarity here. It's a similar thing. It's about being chosen. It's about, you know, for me, that's what it was. So you start to notice that. Otherwise, some people are very aware of a feeling that they've carried their whole life. They don't need to, you know, go look for it because they're aware. I've always had this feeling I don't belong or I've always had this feeling I don't fit in. Sometimes they're very aware of it. And so if you are aware of it, then I would say sit and, you know, when you've got some time to really give yourself that time to focus on yourself, go do it. Don't try to quickly hurry and fit it in somewhere. Give yourself the space and time to go and explore it properly. Don't rush yourself, you know. Um, but yes, you can with, there's lots of these things that can come up. So for instance, like, like say you've got, I've worked with people with anger issues, like often their anger doesn't uh, match the situation. So they get so angry about something where it's something like, really, it doesn't deserve that level of anger. You know, it's like, what is going on? And they understand it. Like, I don't even understand why I get this angry. I mean, anger's got different elements to it because it could also, it can also be a bit addictive. But quite often when you go under anger and you find the root to the anger, often it's nothing to do with anger. Often it's, it's, it's sadness and pain. Often that's where it's coming from. And we are, we are expressing it as anger. It's been covered up with anger. So when you go through the different layers of feelings and follow the feelings down, quite often other emotions come up that are, that's nothing to do with the original emotion um, because we tend to layer our emotions to, dis, to, to try and cope with the emotion that's more difficult. We rather than just ang angry because it's easier to, than coping with pain or coping with sadness. And so, you know, we can explore our emotions and feelings like this. Um, but I would say to find, you know, some of the root ones that are sort of like a pattern that carries out in your life that can definitely affect how you, how you feel and, you know, how you show up in the world, basically. Um, how successful you are, how much you, you know, you are, think you, you're worthy or whatever, then just give yourself the time. And obviously I do this with people, you know, people want, um, you know, I, I do it. I help people through that process because sometimes it is easier when someone's telling you the steps of what to do and how to get there. Um, but it's something you can do yourself as well. Um, and then there's other techniques to deal with sort of, you know, processing it if, if you find there's, it needs deeper work. Okay. Now let's take, well, I guess it's not even like different direction. It's kind of in the similar boat, but since a lot of people listening are into online entrepreneurship and trying to make money online, but there's a really real thing of and it's kind of like really related to what we were talking about like that inner identity i know we all have like kind of a thermostat for how much we can earn uh so how does one go about addressing like for example it was really hard for me and i 
I suppose I still kind of struggle with it. Like I, I've been working on it, but when I was like making, I don't know, 250, 300 bucks my entire life and not only me, but people around me, it's like from 300 to 500 bucks. And if it's more than that, it's like, wow, <laughs> over here. So how does one go above what they think it's like possible for them? Because again, coming back, whatever strategy and tactics you may have, if you believe you can only make 500 bucks, you will make one, uh, 500 bucks and that's it. So how do we break through our inner limitations so that we can externally reach what we are striving for? Yeah, so, so you know, first off, it is working with the NI density, which obviously we've discussed, and then, but that has to be a first step off, you know? And then secondly, what you do is you go into really programming yourself. Um, so it's like, who do you need to be in order to be that higher earner? Who is that higher earner? So it's sort of, you know, if you... So it's not about sort of like doing because you know what to do. It's about changing how your, your being. So who do you need to be? And then you work at being that every day, but you need to discover who that is. And so, for instance, if you, if you went to sleep tonight and there was a miracle in the night and you woke up the next day and you were that person, you, you could be that person, you, that could earn that, I don't know, 10K a month, 20K a month, whatever it is that your goal is, how would you know that that miracle had happened? How would you know? How would you feel? Um, am I supposed to answer now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, let's, let's think about it. I don't know, freed up, powerful. Uh, yeah. But it's sort of like, you know, it's an internal feeling, isn't it? It sort of has to come from inside. It's like maybe you feel that you're more focused. Maybe you'd be more, maybe you'd have a, have a feeling of maybe you more committed. You know, it's like even if you have to look at, okay, well, how, how are other people who are doing it? How are they being? It's not, necessarily, it's not necessarily about the stuff that you do because you can read that and find, learn that quite easily but it's who do you need to be? I need to be maybe a more committed person, maybe a more focused person, you know, and it's saying, okay, well, how do, how can I be that person? You know, um, how do I need to show up every day in that way? And so it's sort of, you know, it's, it's sort of like almost sort of like an idea of fake it till you make it type of yeah. thing. I was just going to mention that it reminds me of that. That's you know, probably why people, Say yeah, and, and where people, where I mean fake it till you make it, because there's two ways of interpreting that. And I'm not interpreting fake it till you make it like you pretend outwardly to the world that you've made a million pounds when you haven't. It's not that. That's, that's inauthentic. But it's more fake it till you make it is an internal thing. And so there's lots of studies about, about this, about sort of like even sort of like if you're unhappy, if you're feeling miserable, and you go and you force yourself to laugh, you force yourself to watch something funny, you know, some, I don't know, some comedy on YouTube or whatever, you force yourself to smile. Even the physical act of smiling sends certain chemicals to the brain to then start producing 
more of the happy chemicals, serotonin or whatever, just by the physical act of smiling. You might not be feeling happy, but actually by the physical act of smiling, you are then sort of creating a chain, chain reaction. So you actually may end up feeling a bit happier, you know? And so this is the thing. And so it's, it's, it's like working to change your internal state, you know, about being that more focused person, that more committed person, you know, showing up in that way. But it's also about, you know, programming yourself with different habits. So what do I, what do I need to need to be doing? You know, you're changing your being and then you're changing your doing as well. And so I need to, I don't know, it's like, what do you, you have to come up with the strategy yourself because it needs to work for you. And then you make sure that you program those habits in. You, you, you let go of um, disempowering habits and that's also thoughts because habits can be habitual so it's actions behaviors and thoughts so you need to you need to get rid of the disempowering habits and start replacing them with more empowering ones um, and that's you know that is you know a process because it doesn't happen overnight and also it is also about rewiring your brain because you know, if you think our brain is, they call it neuroplasticity. You know, many years ago, they thought our brains were, uh, once we were adults, that was it. You couldn't shift it. It was what it was. But now they realize that we can change our brains at any age. And so if you use the analogy of, like, say you have these thoughts every day, or you, or you have thoughts of resentment, or you have thoughts of, um, I don't know, jealousy, or whatever it may be, and you go, I really don't want to be that person anymore but you've been thinking those thoughts every day. They, they sort of like a, almost like a habit. And those pathways in your brain are very um, well-developed because you've been thinking those. And so, you know, um, neurons that fire together, wire together. So they're wired quite deeply in your brain. But what happens if you make conscious effort, every time those jealousy thoughts come in or those resentment thoughts, you switch and you start thinking about something else. You decide what it is you're going to be thinking about. Is it going to be stuff that you're going to be thinking about that you're grateful for? Is it going back to a happy memory that's going to change your internal state very, very quickly and take you out of one state and put you into another? You decide what that's going to be, but you have your strategy that the moment those thoughts come into your brain, you think about this. Okay, and you shift it. And initially, it takes quite a lot of conscious effort. But what happens if you use the analogy of a car driving along uh, a piece of grass, a grass verge? The car tracks are your neural pathway. When you drive and you drive and the car tracks wear the grass away and it creates a track. If you decide, I'm not going down that track anyway, anymore, I'm going to take a different track, I want to do this now. As soon as you start driving a new way, okay, there's no path, the car's not, you know, it's a bit more difficult because it isn't a track, but you're going to create a new track and you start creating this new track. The more you go down it, the more that pathway and that track develops eventually the grass will grow over the other track. So we have the ability within our brain, uh, it's called uh, synaptic pruning, that when we're not using neural pathways, they will eventually be deleted. So you can change these habits by just consciously making the effort at first, and then the more you make the conscious effort, the easier it becomes, and it becomes the pathway gets developed, and eventually the old path, and you just stop, it doesn't be doesn't even go down there anymore. It doesn't even try to go down there anymore. But it does take a bit of effort in the beginning. 
to do it. And so it is about reprogramming your brain in this way to become this different person, to be this different person um, and make the conscious effort to do it. Because most of the time we're on autopilot and we're just automatically doing the behaviors that are disempowering for us. We automatically being the person that's disempowering for us and thinking disempowering thoughts. And so it's taking ourselves out of autopilot and becoming more conscious and making the shifts. And then eventually that will become automatic and you won't have to think about it. That's beautiful. And I love the car and grass analogy. And it kind of reminds me of, I'm a big fan of Joe Dispenza. It's like he's breaking the habit of being yourself. It's kind of like, it reminds me of that, just changing our habits because we are, as you mentioned, on autopilot pretty much like 95% of the day. And it's hard, like it honestly is hard when you're like for 20, 30, 40 years, certain way, then to change it. And it's also that much harder because our subconscious is that much more powerful. And then consciously trying to do something, it's always a lot of energy and effort. So, but it's worthwhile when you manage to change it. And when that part that you actually want and that it's actually empowering, when you make it subconscious, it's that much more powerful and easier. And that's the recipe for happiness, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't come, we can't take happiness for granted. You know, it takes work. And I think quite often we think we should just be happy. Oh, okay, we've got this in place and that in place. Nice house, decent job. Why aren't we happy? Because happiness takes, there has to be there's other factors to happiness. You know, a lot of other factors. And it does come from really the big one that makes us happy is the sense of purpose, the sense of, of getting purpose and meaning in our life. Um, and that comes from, you know, feeling stretched and growing, you know, if we stagnate and we're not growing, we will affect our happiness enormously, uh, because we won't get the meaning and purpose that we need in order to make us happy. Um, and so, you know, you're miserable in your job, but you're too scared to leave because it's comfortable and whatever, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a recipe for, for misery, you know, and you're not growing in any way, you know. So as much as it's scary at times, you know, facing our fears and, um, you know, going through that comfort zone ultimately is the thing that's going to make us happy. Growth and expansion of ourselves is what makes us feel fulfilled and happy. I can watch to that time like... <laughs> Uh, addicted to it i think now which is which which can also be a problem i'm aware anyways uh colin i think this was tremendously helpful for a lot of people and for those of you who for those of them who are maybe like uh less aware maybe they haven't done that much inner work i mean i've been geeking out on a lot of like personal development stuff and inner work and still I still struggle, but for those people who did not at all, or even for, for those who want to excel, where can they find you, connect with you? I know you're launching something or actually have launched already uh, to help with a lot of the things that we actually covered today, but more in depth, more personal and more tailored for that people like, how can they find you, connect with you? 
Yeah, so um, I've got a Facebook group. So Facebook is probably a good way you can find me on Facebook. Um, I do have a program that I've launched. I've launched it as a one-to-one program, and then I'm going to be launching it as a group program in about October. So the program is called um, Reprogram for Success and Abundance. And so it is a 12-week program which takes people through finding and completing with their root pattern. So dealing with that core identity, removing some of the, uh, the stories basically um, so that we can create a, a, a sort of a, 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 a clean slate to then start reprogramming. And so the first part is about doing that, removing some of the, the stories and the obstructions and finding the root patterns. The second part is about reprogramming with thoughts, behaviors, mindset stuff, um, habits, dealing with all that type of stuff. And then the third part is very much about vision and goal setting. Um, And so it's been able to, because the idea as well, which I mean, we didn't go into, but this is just to say one last thing, is that if you are resonating these feelings of fear, anger, resentment, all of these things, if we were resonating these feelings, it doesn't matter how much you want something. And if you say you want something, it's not our desires and our wants that creates our reality. It's our inner belief system and our core identity. That's what we're resonating. And, you know, this is neuro, this is, you know, quantum physics, you know, this is, you know, it's not you can say law, law of law of attraction, but you know if there is science behind a lot of this. If you are resonating that, then that is what you're going to attract back into your life. You're just going to get more of the same of it. And so we deal with that about it's about how you resonating, removing that, and creating the vision in order to once the obstructions have been removed, to then bring your vision to life. And so that's my program. And so if anybody is interested in looking me up and discovering more, reaching out for a clarity call, then please do. I couldn't recommend it enough. I haven't gone through the program still, <laughs> but I've been I've been working a couple of sessions with Colleen and it's been just, I think, two or three hours. And it has been hell of a lot transforming. I can only imagine what can happen in three months. Uh, so yeah, I couldn't recommend it enough for everyone. Affiliatejourney.co/colin. You will find links for her Facebook profile and her Facebook group, as well as everything she has mentioned over there. Go connect with her. See if this is something that makes sense for you. If your strategies and tactics aren't working, and you think it's the mindset stuff, it's usually it usually it is, and it usually is our subconscious that's stopping us from achieving whatever it is that we want. Colleen, thank you so much for coming. It's been a pleasure catching up with you and talking about this stuff. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me on. It's been really um, fun being on your, your, your podcast. I'm so happy you invited me. So thanks a lot. You're welcome. And it's been a pleasure of mine. Everyone, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave a review if you're listening on Apple. Uh, Connect with Colleen. Connect with myself. And that will be all for today. Goodbye.
Alright everyone, thank you so much for listening and sticking to the very end. Uh, isn't Colleen amazing? I would definitely encourage you to go check her out, connect with her, you can learn a lot. She has helped me a lot with my mindset and my beliefs on my journey and I couldn't recommend working with her enough. Again, you can connect with her on affiliatejourney.co slash Colleen. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to leave us a review. Lastly, if you found this episode helpful and you think you can help, it can help any of your friends, uh, feel free to share it. In the meantime, cheers for your success.